Did I tell you I saw or I watched Last Crusade last week? Oh, no. Still good. Still love it. Yeah, it's still it was your great. favorite. One of our listeners was also watching it and told me about it. And I was like, well, I guess I got to look and make sure that I still like it. Was I do. It, was it also our listeners' favorite? Indiana Jones? Uh, I don't remember. I don't remember what he said. Okay. But uh, whoop, I revealed it's a he. <laughs> <laughs> he did watch all three of the indie movies. Nice. And then he still hasn't finished the fourth one. He's like trying to will himself to like watch the last one because it's so bad. Yeah, it's. He got he got to the part that broke him. I think was Shia LaBeouf swinging on the vines. Yeah, that is a popular mental quitting point of it's that just, movie. I mean, for a movie that is essentially one giant jump the shark, that one really just takes the cake. Yeah, the whole movie Mixing basically my metaphors. that that whole movie takes place in the air over a shark <laughs> pretty much yep Boy. that's not that's not wrong thank you so much 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 which is too bad i feel like it could have been great or at least i don't know i uh, the Every time a movie maker becomes an old guy, yeah, an old person, there's a huge risk that they're going to become lame. That's and, true. Uh, That's almost unequivocally true. Most of them do, and I'm yeah. not going to say that Steven Spielberg hasn't like made any good movies in the last like five years, but it's kind of been a little bit all downhill. When's, when's what's the last good Spielberg? Uh, well, I just he made the post right. Yeah, I just saw that. That was fine. Fine, but what was like good? Lincoln was also fine. fine. Last great one. Minority Report was pretty cool. Yeah, Minority turned out way more prescient cool. than anyone could have possibly thought. Um, War of the Worlds was a noble failure. Yeah, which you know I appreciate. He, he went, he went for it big. That's it's, good. It's different. Although, even like that, the way that even like so, the end where they're like in the basement and the oh the, yeah, the aliens are looking for him. Yeah, and it's like he's a little, this it, is basically Jurassic Park. He's aping his own style, yeah. which is. That's how you know a Oh, I guess Catch Me has. If You Can. That's him, oh, right? Oh, that was... A, yep. That, that was great. Be. That was a good one. Man, this is tough to... It's it's tough because he all the stuff he does movies. now, it's like War Horse. That was him, right? Yeah. No one saw that. I'm not going to watch that. Including me. No, I don't care about this horse. Didn't he do BFG? Mm, probably. The animated one? Still and, haven't yeah, watched I that either, and that was one that. of my favorite ones as a kid. Yeah, I'm going to go Catch Me If You Can. That's a pretty solid. I'm gonna say Minority Report. And it was also only like, because it came out yeah. slightly later. And they were both also like 12 years ago. Yeah. So. Oh, Munich. It's not great. That one was good. Oh, yeah, that was pretty good. I mean, it didn't like. Oh, okay. So I'm. He went hard. I'm looking at his IMDb right oh, now. Okay. Yeah. Bridge of Spies. Yeah. Solid, fine. but fine. Yeah. Like the last time I think anyone made a big deal was Munich. Yeah. Not even that it's like his best movie or anything, but it's no. like a real auteur feat. Sure. And it was personal in a way yeah. that a lot of these other ones haven't been. Yeah, I, I think I don't know. Yeah. I don't really know what's like wrong with the newer ones. They're just like fine. They're just like, fine. That's the thing. <laughs> yeah. There's nothing wrong with being just fine. Yeah, but they're not Schindler's but List. But it's not exciting. Or yeah, Star or, or Jurassic Park or whatever. Even AI. Like, oh yeah. Noble failure, I would say. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't know. These guys, they just, they get old and uh i don't know i think they just enjoy making the movies yeah so they keep doing them we gotta keep not, them on their toes they're not like mad about anything anymore they need to be constantly super passionate and also yeah. re- you got to be like shooting for the moon every time yeah 
how do you feel about Ridley Scott's recent work? Every time I've ever talked about Ridley Scott, I spend 90% of the time being, oh yeah, he made that. Because it's weird, right? Yeah. Like, I just. I think he I pretty much coasted off of Blade how, Runner. Well, I just forget how many of his movies that I do like. Yeah. Because he made. Alien, um, Blade Runner. Both well, incredible. He made Black Hawk Down oh, yeah. in like 2001. Yep. And that's like one of my favorite movies. That's a good one. Or at least one of my favorite war movies. Yeah. Um, he made. Uh, oh, Kingdom of Heaven. He made Kingdom of Heaven, which. I hear the director's lot, cut is tremendous. Yeah. You probably heard that from me. I've said that many times. I mean, also the and internet. Just but yes, other you. Places. I'm not even sure if I saw the regular version. I did in the theater actually, and I remember being underwhelmed. Uh, yeah, the I like the director's cut a lot. You know, the version that I saw. Yeah, it's just a cool movie. Um, but yeah, Ridley. Well, and like Ridley Scott made the one with Susan Sarandon and Gina Davis, and they drive the car off the cliff. Oh yeah, Thelma and Louise. <laughs> he made that. He's like, had some. He's a weird director. Yeah, just does, in general. Yeah. And then he this last year he did Alien Covenant, and it's very, which is yeah. bad, but I think. I enjoyed it still. It's very easy to think of him as, you know, the guy that made Alien. And yeah. then the Alien movies kind of are getting worse. Well, and he only did Alien. And then he came back for yeah. Prometheus. Like, that was the yeah. next one he did. And so, so it's like, it would be easy to watch it and be like, well, this guy is falling apart. Uh, but he did a bunch of other stuff in between. He did a bunch of stuff with Russell Crowe, right? Like, Yeah, he made Gladiator, right? Yeah. Which so, I don't really care about that much. No, but um, it's a good movie. Like, it's a well-done movie. Or he made, oh... That one with Michael Fassbender? Which one? Uh, a few years ago. Give me more. Oh. You want me to look it up? Yeah, just quick Google it. Okay. Oh, he did The Martian, too. Oh, yeah, The Martian was good. Yeah. I feel like The Martian was anybody could have directed that, and it would have been... Yeah, true. Roughly the same. Yeah, I don't disagree with you on that one. Exodus, God and Gods and Kings, never saw no, that. That probably sucked. Oh, The Counselor. Yeah, The Counselor. I really... I can't believe i haven't seen that i love cormac mccarthy who oh, wrote the yeah. screenplay for that yeah, i'm yeah, obsessed yeah. with cormac mccarthy yeah. but i've always kind of avoided it because it looks insane it is insane that's correct i'm not gonna say it's like campy but it's just like I'm sure it kind of is kind of over the top yeah and everybody's just very in order to interpret cormac mccarthy you really have to have a good handle on stuff and i feel like ridley scott lives in a different world than cormac mccarthy I can't even imagine what else it would be. Yeah, it's just, just weird because it's kind of it's kind of melodramatic. It's over the top. Yeah, it's and a real so, like basic instinct type of like. Yeah, this is a thriller. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that makes uh, sense. So, but Ridley Scott also did like the 2010 version of Robin Hood and like oh, that sucked. American Gangster. I got to watch Robin the 2010 Russell Crowe Robin Hood with our history teacher from high school sitting behind us <laughs> in the Platt theater and he was just doing a lot of sighing that sounds about right <laughs> yeah it was great i'm trying to think of other directors now that that, oh, that have, get old yeah they get old and just we don't care about as much which is such an interesting thing to say maybe a better one would be like which ones haven't done that oh the number one is martin scorsese he's my favorite example of it because yeah silence was last year was crazy like ambitious and also insanely good. He's been wanting to do that forever too, right? Yeah, apparently. And Wolf of Wall Street came out recently. Wolf of Wall was Street also... was, I think, his like last you know full length movie before yep. that. Also, pretty ambitious. Yeah, absolutely. Definitely different from anything else. He's not resting on his laurels in the same yeah, way. Yeah, I really like Wolf of Wall Street a lot. It's just absurd. Yeah, I would argue that uh, Quentin Tarantino, in his own way, is also pretty ambitious. Still, yeah, he's not old though yet. Well, 
his upcoming movie is his ninth movie, I think. Yeah, that's true. Which, I mean, he's been making movies since 1991. Yeah, I mean... I'm just saying his... he, hasn't, he hasn't aged out. He hasn't yeah. aged into the weird... Yeah, but being... I mean, that's basically the same length from, like, Spielberg making Jaws until Spielberg making Schindler's List. Is or, it? Well, uh, 75 to 95? 91 to 2011? A little further. A little further, but... You know, that's kind of about the same. Saving Private Ryan. That's kind of okay. Joss is Saving Private Ryan. Yeah, that's that's kind of the working directors' length of I don't know what they can do. That's although you get some people who the other way that they can do it, which is also pretty good, is Stanley Kubrick making amazing movies. Five movies. Just well, just the further he went into it. Yeah, it just took longer and longer to make a movie. Yeah, (laughs) his last movie took like twenty years, not quite twenty, but you know, like ten years at least. So, you know, that's the one way. To, yeah, that is one way to do it. Just um, really be precise about how exactly you want to do everything. Yeah. And I don't know. I'm trying to think of... And it's... Just other directors in general that you really think... Other, yeah, one way other or the people other. who I think, are older. I think Christopher Nolan's going to get that way. Oh, in, yeah, I can see that. In about 20 years, he's going to really... Real, get real workmanlike. Rest on... Yeah, kind of. <laughs> just rest on his laurels, but he's going to think he's being... He's just so into those themes mm-hmm. that there's going to be less variation of what he wants to movie to be yeah and i could definitely see if you have a limited number of things that you want to say yeah or if you have if you're basing your whole thing on a new idea actually a pretty good example is terrence malick too oh yeah because i was gonna mention him he i've had a couple of his i've been putting off watching night of cups for like a year at least yeah because it doesn't look very good the reviews are bad to the wonder was pretty boring yeah and, and terrence malick he his, started back in the 70s yeah. right he only he's only he only did like five movies between 1970 he did like he did like two movies 2010 he did like two movies in the 70s in the late 70s and then he didn't do another one until he did thinner in line in what's 1998 that, what's that first movie he did uh badlands uh, well, no, sorry the second one the very beautiful movie out in the wilderness with richard yeah. gear days of heaven there you go days of heaven yeah he made badlands he made days of heaven and he didn't do anything for 20 years and then he made Thinner Line. And then um, he basically waited another long time and did Tree of Life, right? Yeah, he didn't do Tree of Life until like 2000... 2005? I think Six? it was even later than that, yeah. Yeah, so there. that's one where it's like he spent all that time and had this huge well, reputation. And then yeah. basically, then he... Now he's like churning out well, like a but movie. Well, the but then the other part of it that he fits into, uh, which is what I was thinking of, was that a lot of his thing is just based on like the realism of how he shoots the movies. Yeah. Oh, he actually had another one in between those. Like exploring america oh the thing. new world in the new world yeah the new world i like new world but yeah he he doesn't have it seems kind of repetitive at this point yeah I mean, even when i watched the trailer for knight of cups and there was a shot of it's like this guy it, it this shot that's from the perspective of the character and like he's like following this girl that he's in love with and she's like looking back at him but like at the camera that's like his like, signature oh, yeah, i've seen this yeah bit, you know like if you don't have that much that you want to add, yeah, and you do it, I would then there's say, not much left to do. Yeah, you're you're kind of dismantling Mike Tarantino argument. Like that's all Tarantino's. Like, all right, it's gonna be the, the same kind of text, he, or like the same sort of dialogue. Yeah, it's his crutch, sort of. But I would argue that he's still at least trying new genres. Well, and like so. the the shtick is still enjoyable. Oh, totally. So, and that's like I haven't watched. You gotta be able to add something new. Mm-hmm. It can't just be showing off of this new style that you have. Yeah. 
then you get like Peter Jackson where it's just like, what's the new technology? Let's yeah. let's make that the focal point of my movie instead of the actual story. That's another one where I think is really, I don't want to say sad, but like. Well, it's tough to say because he spent so much time on basically one thing. Yeah. Like Lord of the Rings, the Lord of the Rings trilogy, he basically did for 10 years straight. And then he didn't do that. What did he do after that? King, uh, King Kong. King Kong. Which was just a big do... reason to get Andy Serkis to do mocap again. Well, I think he just loves King Kong. Yeah. Oh, that like, too. But and then he did the... Bubbly the... Bones. Oh, yeah. And then he kind of got pulled back into doing The Hobbit. Yeah. And then he did that for like six years probably. Right. But the whole thing... But his he keeps... Every movie is all about like... It's kind of like how David Fincher always has like one really hard technical achievement he wants to do in each of his movies. Okay. How he went in Fight Club, it was the uh, big zoom in on all the trash and the, or the brain synapse thing. Oh, okay. And in, or like in Social Network, he wanted to do the twins. It's kind of like that where Peter Jackson always has one thing where it's like, we have the technology. Oh, so yeah. like in Lord of the Rings, it was these giant army battles. Yeah. And so they actually made a new technology. And the huge miniatures. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And then in King Kong, it was, we're going to have the most realistic mocap possible for King Kong. Mm-hmm. And then in Lovely Bones, it was... You will not believe the lighting technologies we have for Shursa Ronan's version of Heaven. Mm-hmm. And then The Hobbit was, I'm going to shoot at this new frame rate. Mm-hmm. And it's like, okay, it's good to like use this new thing every time, but I'd rather you focus on just making like a memorable movie without yeah, that and then th- just use that to help. I think Peter Jackson has a better balance at that yeah and like what that sounds like you're putting it as like i think he ultimately was wanting to do these things because he wants to make the movie good yeah maybe not the high frame rate thing that was probably yeah like well, i think he thought that was a good idea but probably wasn't. yeah well and it, it maybe would look cool i don't know um i didn't see it as that. it all looks like when you have motion smoothing on your tv yeah yeah i don't know i which i can't abide yeah well and also i could see that being a response to the 3d thing yeah because that was part of the why isn't that part of why it 3d looks kind of dark yes is because um, there's not enough if frames. it's not he shot for 3d specifically yeah. so, so but I, if you don't shoot for 3d it gets dark because you have to sort of split the image yeah and so if you do shoot for 3d it's regularly lit because you're shooting that with both cameras that's as technical as I can get. Yeah, but. yeah. The I think he, for the most part, yeah, wants the movies to be good. I think he clearly enjoys the technological parts of it. Oh yeah. Uh, sure. Well, and even like Lord of the Rings without the uh, motion capture would yeah. have been clearly worse. So. Well, I mean, yeah, and the, it, but they worked. It worked in serv- It was limited enough that it worked in service yeah. of the story. Yeah. Which I mean, we're well past that now. There's no way we're going back to that. Yeah. But if you look at, I mean, the one I always bring up is the new Mad Max Fury Road. Mm-hmm. He did use a lot of CGI. Yeah. But he always, they always like shot the th- thing first mm-hmm. and then they just added stuff to make it look better. Yeah. People trash CGI, but there's so much stuff that has a lot of CGI in it that you don't even realize. Right. So it's not necessarily so, that it is yeah. a crutch. It's just that when you make it such an obvious feature, yeah, it really, it's seems, just not interesting. By it seems itself. to detract. And I think a lot of directors just are either on the forefront of it mm-hmm. or. They just use it as as a, a crutch, yeah, because they don't want it, or you know budget constraints, all that kind of stuff. Everything yeah. changes that. So yeah, I don't know. I feel like I think it's kind of cool. Did you ever see the Peter Jackson the movie that he made before he made Lord of the Rings and has Kate Winslet? Heavenly Creatures. Yes, Heavenly never did Creatures. see that. 
uh, it's kind of cool because I've heard so it's good. the movie is all about these two teenage girls. I know the story, who but yeah. killed somebody. I don't remember one of their parents. Yes, and it was a thing that really happened in New Zealand. And so it was kind of like a big thing for it, somebody to make a movie about of it. Mm-hmm. Um, and part of their whole thing was that they were just like these young, these kids who were like really imaginative. Yeah. And as I was watching it, I was like, man, how did a guy, this guy make this? And then a bunch of people were like, yeah, let's give this guy $200 million to make all the Lord of the Rings movies. <laughs> and then as I got into it, and then like their imaginations started getting all weird. Oh, sure. And then there was a lot of, in, like weird creature stuff, yeah. weird visual stuff, and I'm like, and and like kind of like big things where there would be a lot of people involved. I'm like, okay, I kind of get this. Yeah, like you can see where. Yeah, they gave it to the person. I don't know. I'm always kind of skeptical too. Whenever somebody says a director that they like, yeah, and then one of the first things that they say is anything about the special or the like practical effects or uh like the makeup or you know like we yeah. that's how people talk about like john carpenter or yeah. like george romero or something like that yep. like i really like the the gore that they managed oh, like sure i'm always very skeptical of that because i don't think that's that interesting sure and i'm i'm not a movie maker so i don't get that part of it i think some of that is probably interesting in context like yeah. sam raimi and evil dead like yeah. those were at the time everyone was like wow that's crazy you did this on you could tell it was a shoestring budget but it looked really good yeah and it was probably and i get that especially for people at the time to watch it when it came out for it to be surprisingly realistic yeah was a kind of a big deal absolutely but and it, i guess it makes it so that you're more immersed in it which is what i'm going for yeah uh, that's the reason why I would care, I guess. But I don't know. I'm never. I have seen some where people will freak out about the technology. Yeah. And then that's really. It's just not enough to enjoy the movie. Yeah, for me sure. Most of the time. Oh, for sure. I mean, even going way back to Indiana Jones and the Kingdom of the Crystal Skull, mm-hmm. some of that looks really goofy now. Yeah. Because I'm sure he had the idea for something cool, but. You know, it just didn't play. Like, even Shia swinging on the vines, like, oh, and a bunch terrible. of CGI monkeys. Although it looked terrible then, too. Yeah, it did. Um, but but the difference is, like, then you you look at Temple of Doom, and there are some clunky parts where they're blue screen behind something. Mm-hmm. But then you have a practical effect, like a beating heart that's starting on fire in someone's mm-hmm. hand. That's cool. Yeah, you're going to focus on that. Well, and part of the filmmaker's job is to make you focus on the things that look good. Yes, totally. And I think Which that they did is... not do in Kingdom of the Crystal Skull at all, because they couldn't, because it all looked bad. Yep. And that's <laughs> what happens when you get late-era George Lucas yeah. involved in yeah. anything. Well, yeah, that guy. Oh, boy. Well, and he's... <laughs> we he, could have a whole other episode he, about George He Lucas. is kind of the guy that people point to as being somebody who really was just in it for the technology of, yep. like, developing the movies. Yeah. I mean, and, he started ILM. Good for him. Yeah, that's cool. One well, that is, I mean, honestly, if you're going to, like, if you're going to be, if you're going to try to be accurate and you're going to, like, make George Lucas's Wikipedia page, Yeah, I feel like you would have to list him as, like, a special effects titan before oh, yeah. a director, even. Totally. Because, or I guess producer maybe would be first, but, like, that was a way bigger deal than most of the other stuff. He probably made more money off of running ILM than he did off of actually directing movies. Absolutely. So, I don't know. Oh, and just, you know, all the selling toys, I guess, of Star Wars. He's I think a toy salesman. I think probably his <laughs> George biggest... George Lucas, uh, special effects titan, toy marketer, yeah. <laughs> and director. I think it's probably, like, 
Lucasfilm sale to Disney, mm-hmm. and then toys. Yep. And then uh, selling off Pixar to Disney. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, making Since Pixar. IL, yeah, making ILM made Pixar basically. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then he, like yeah, ILM basically invented computer effects. Like that's crazy. Yeah. Really crazy. The other one that it makes me think of of the only time I've watched a movie where I was getting enough out of watching it and just thinking about how it was made was probably like the fourth time I watched 2001 A Space Odyssey. Oh, yeah. Because I started thinking like, holy cats, this was made in 1960, what was it, 67 or 69 or something like that? maybe, 67. Somewhere in there. So all I know is it was before anyone had landed on the moon. Yeah. And they're like filming things in space with like zero gravity or whatever. Yeah. And you don't think like, oh, yeah. They couldn't CGI any of this. Nope. I think I saw online the thing. There's at one point where there's a pen floating through the air, mm-hmm. and this guy grabs it and like starts writing with it. And I, it, the first couple times I watched the movie, I was like, okay, well, yeah, I'm. You're used That's to seeing how these it works kinds of in things. CGI, yes. But you don't realize like, oh yeah, they couldn't fake that they at all. They literally had to put that on a fishing line they, or something. Well, they like like stuck it to a big window pane. No. And because he needed to be able to grab it and yeah. start using it. What? And and also like the way it was floating, they wanted to be able to like turn it so they couldn't just do it off a fishing line or whatever. That's so they, crazy. they did it on a big fishing or on a big window pane and they moved it closer to the camera and like tilted it <laughs> so it looked like it was, you know, moving in the air and then he grabs it and pulls it off and just stuff like that. Or how they didn't have there was all these computer screens yeah. in the movie, but the technology didn't exist to actually make that happen on a computer screen. The stuff that they did were they just showing. animate it? They I think some of it they did. There was some where there's one scene where the guys are on the spaceship and they, they're basically watching these little tablet things, things that we would have now, like an, right. iPad, an iPad, basically, that it's sitting on the table next to them while they're eating. And they had to basically like make a hole in the table. Or I don't know if it was made, they made a hole in the, like the, the tablet was stuck to the table. Yeah. And they had to use a projector what? to project like this news broadcast onto these tiny tablets that these guys were looking at. And we were supposed to, you know, and I just watched it not even thinking that it was weird. Of course. Yeah, it's completely impossible in 1968 to make that happen. Uh, Special effects are crazy. It is. And that's the thing. Even when you, like, backing up what we were talking about earlier, the thing that's cool about them is when you don't see them. Yeah. Or when you don't think about them. When it immerses you in the movie. I think that's what throws me off when people talk about that they liked a movie because of the effects. And it's like, if you spend a lot of the movie thinking about the effects, that to me is like not good. You're supposed to, the effects are supposed to be there in a way that you don't think about them the whole right. time. That you just, even like if you're going way back to uh, whoever that was that made the old King Kong, Harryhausen or whatever. Oh, yeah. Optimally, people know it's not an actual giant ape. But optimally, you want to be able to show it in a way that makes people stop thinking it's a movie and start thinking that it's a giant ape. Yeah, it's true. Yes. And Although, I will have, add one caveat. What do you say about a movie like, I know this is one of your favorite movies, mm-hmm. Speed Racer? Oh, uh, yeah. So Speed Racer, by the Wachowskis made mm-hmm. that one. Mm-hmm. Big into special effects, obviously. Yep. Yep. They created, or they did the bullet time camera and all yep. that stuff. Yep. But... Speed Racer pretty much exists to show off its special effects intentionally because it's based on a cartoon. Yeah. So does that serve the think, story? I don't think it exists to show the special effects, 
But like clearly it is drowning in the special effects. Yeah, but and it looks super fake. Oh yeah. But it's based on an anime. Right. And like anime looks super fake all so the time. So clearly there's a way to intentionally do it, right? Oh yeah, to make it like well that's the thing. I wasn't thinking about ooh, that was a cool special effect that they did. I was thinking, oh, Speed Racer dodged that one or yeah, whatever, yeah, yeah. you know. But I mean there's like parts where he like goes through a tunnel and it's like technicolor. It looks like a Willy Wonka yeah. tunnel, you know yeah. what I mean? Yeah, I don't know. I think if you can have something like that in the movie and make it feel... If it can like give you a feeling, even like that, of him going through some crazy weird tunnel. Yeah. And if that if, if they can make it in a way that, that makes you feel disoriented or whatever sure. feeling they were going yep. for, versus just you noticing, like, that's a lot of color. Yeah, Then sure. I think it's a success. And part of that has to be... It's going to be dependent on the whoever's watching it. I was already psyched about that movie. <laughs> you know, I was already into it at that point. Yeah. There were a lot of people who weren't, which For is sure. fine. Yeah. Uh, you're never going to, like, pull them back in with how good your CGI is. No. They have to be sold on, like, what's going on, I think. Maybe that's just the trick right there. Yeah. You really have to. Because there were a lot of people that saw that movie and were like, oh, this is like a mess. It's just all so fake looking. And it's like, man, what did you think the Speed Racer movie was going to be? Yeah. You think it was going to be like a gritty, realistic I think some Speed people, Racer? Some that people sounds did because they didn't grow up with watching Speed Racer. Yeah, I suppose. And I don't know why they would have gone, though. Eh. <laughs> like, well, because they advertised Wachowski. Yeah, I guess. Yeah. They did V for Vendetta. Yeah. And they did The Matrix. I like, feel like, for me, half of the upside of the Speed Racer movie is that it is totally like an anime come to life. It is. You know? It's really and, cool. They, it's a great they, movie. They cap, there's so much of it where they captured the feeling of of it, even if they didn't literally put the same stuff in there. Yes. Quite honestly, the casting could not have been more perfect yeah. for every person in that movie. Uh, like what's John, f- John Goodman is Pops. Yeah. What's her face is Trixie? Christina Ricci. Christina Ricci is like a walking cartoon anyway. Absolutely. Uh, Emil Hirsch is like, can play bland in like a great way. In like a which- really great anime protagonist way it's yes. so good it's really good yeah i don't susan know susan sarandon is the mom that, that's yeah. incredible that's a it's a weird movie because i love it so much yeah but i can't just like recommend it across the board oh no because like the conventions of anime are so weird yes that it's if, they're almost off-putting if you're not already on board intensely cartoonish in yeah. the sense that the good guys are just unequivocally good yep the bad guys are unequivocally bad there yep. is no they're all mustache twirlers, the bad guys. Yes, there's there's no moral middle ground. The and that's the thing is that it's not about the good or bad. Yeah, it's about Speed Racer or whichever the whoever the protagonist is, kind of getting caught in an impossible situation. It's like they have two choices and they're both bad. Yes, and they have to like find this like new third way that. You probably wouldn't have thought of, but when you see them go for it, it's like, like so exciting oh, yeah. to see them beat it. Which like, is also the ultimate anime convention. It is, yeah. And that's why, in, you know, in anime, people make fun of it being like randomly powering up because yeah. the writer can't always come up with an, a plot that lends itself to that, you know, finding a new way for that sure. wasn't previously shown yes. you. So they just make pull something out that's of their just ass. A convention just of, that's a convention of shonen yeah. manga. And, and it's now. probably a convention of other things too. For sure. Uh, like, you know, older like But it is fables, cool how but... they didn't westernize it, despite having a western cast mostly. Yeah. Besides, obviously, you know, there's a lot of yeah, the Asian representation, yeah. which is pretty cool. Yeah. 
Well, even that too. I don't know. I suppose Speed Racer was probably. I don't know if Speed Racer was drawn to be a white guy or not. Who who knows? <laughs> who truly knows? Who can know? With anime, <laughs> yeah, or manga, just yeah. the way that stuff is drawn. I don't know. Was whatever. It doesn't uh, matter. Yeah, it doesn't matter. Anyway, that movie rules. Uh, Wachowskis are still doing great work. Weirdly, kind of. Yeah, what was the last thing they did? Uh, Jupiter Ascending, which I hear is terrible, but oh, yeah, Jupiter I like Ascending. that they're going for Jupiter it. Jupiter Ascending did suck. But Cloud Atlas was great. I love Cloud Atlas so much. Excellent movie. I watched it again not that long ago. Despite and... being completely absurd. Oh, it's absurd. And everybody... Actually, that's a pretty good example of all of this, too, because a lot of people watched that, and we're immediately like, what? Why did they try to make Halle Berry look like an old Asian man yes. for this scene? Totally. And... People, I think, just got thrown off by that. And obviously, you have to want to be into the movie. Yeah. And honestly, you know, if if I'm, make, if I'm making a movie and somebody who didn't want to like my movie didn't like it, I don't care. Like, they can <laughs> whatever. So, you know, that's fine, probably. Yeah. And, you know, they didn't have to make it the way that they did, casting the same, like, eight people mm-hmm. over and over again in different times and places. Right. And having them the be of the different movie. people. But if it's the theme of the movie, and I think it's almost... I don't know. When I watch that movie, it makes me feel great in how it's like they're trying to depict the idea that you don't know who you're going to be born as. The whole, it, it, it's over time and all these people have effects on these other people. And not that it's like a literal reincarnation thing. Right. But just that you don't know who you're going to affect with your actions and you don't know which of these people you would relate to yeah, for if sure. you had been them or I don't know. It's people tend to look at history as being like, if I'm putting myself in the 1920s, I'm typically picturing myself as being demographically still myself. Yeah. But I don't know who I would have been born. Oh as. no. I could sure. have been born on a different continent. You know, I, it could be anybody. And I think the movie kind of presents a good way, a way for people to change about how they think about how they're affecting the world. Yeah. Because they usually, it's so easy for people to think of it in terms of how it affects their kids and their grandkids and whatever. Yeah. And once it gets to be a thousand years in the future, yeah, you don't know what your situation, any Absolutely. of people are going to be in. And it, to the point that it almost doesn't even matter. Right. Like the people who are your descendants a thousand years from now have extremely little connection to you. You know, so as far as you're going to care about what happens a thousand years from now, you got to kind of care about what happens to everybody. Right. I don't know. Plus, I would add the Wachowskis keep Hugo Weaving employed almost single-handedly. <laughs> yeah. And I love that because I think he is great. <laughs> yeah, he kind of did Lord of the Rings and a lot of that. A lot of, a lot of Lord, Wachowskis. Lord of the Rings, The Matrix, V for Vendetta, another Wachowski one. Cloud Atlas, another mm-hmm. Wachowski one. <laughs> uh, I don't know if he's in Jupiter Ascending, didn't see it. I don't remember. That but, movie was boring. Yeah. but And then he was the dad in that Andrew Garfield, Mel Gibson flick. Something Ridge. Ridge. Something Ridge. Hacksaw, <laughs> Hacksaw Ridge. Ridge. That's it. Uh, <laughs> we both thought of the same one word. Yeah. He was fine in that. Yeah, that's funny. Uh, Wachowski's still still have it. Wachowski's good. Oh, I mean, I assume they're good. I feel like they had something else. Um, They did a TV show. No, I don't care about Sense that. Sense8. Oh, okay. Yeah, I don't care about that's, that. That's the only other thing they did. People getting old. I don't recommend it. <laughs> stay young forever, please. Stay young forever. That's... Stay mad so you can make movies. That's the thing. If you don't want to change anything, your movie is probably going to suck. So it, old, old you rich can still, guys You can don't... still be a good director at age, yeah, you know, at any, any age, age, but just 
have something to say. Don't get complacent. Yeah. I don't know. I feel like a lot of these people, like, I can't, like, how could Steven Spielberg, for example, what could he really want to change about his life at this point? You know, other than him wanting to be younger. Yeah, I <laughs> You guess. know, like, I feel like you got everything you want out of life. He already probably. tackled the fatherhood in literally every other movie he's ever yeah. made. Yeah. And now he has grandkids, probably. So, yeah. I guess he'll make a bunch of movies about grandfatherhood. Probably. <laughs> Maybe he already has been. Maybe we need to watch his last few movies again with the mindset of a grandparent. Lincoln is secretly about looking like a grandpa. Mm-hmm. Bridge of Spies is secretly about sneaking candy to your grandchildren without their parents noticing. <laughs> That's the thing. None of these ones have grandparents as no. characters. It's very covert. Yeah. The, the themes. Truly, Steven Spielberg he, is our like most he's, accomplished, subtle He's growing as an artist. He's <laughs> making his themes more subtle. We just didn't know it. How Sorry, we, Spielberg. I apologize. How could we have known? War Horse is about uh, giving your, kid, your grandkids piggyback rides. That's very deep. 